Blog Talk Radio. Team, as oh, you yeah. mentioned, and you said it picked up last year. Is that a result of them doing well 
Both of uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't grab uh, first place in uh, the World Cup, obviously, um, but they came second, uh, kind of took a hard hit against Japan, but I think uh, what they did in that game against Brazil, if you guys remember, they scored in, like, the last minute of extra time they had. Um, I forget what minute it was, but it was something crazy spectacular. Uh, they came back in the quarterfinals against Brazil and won that and um, then beat France, which uh, led them to the final, unfortunately lost. But I think what they did during that World Cup definitely um, boosted uh, views, ticket sales, and everything. Unfortunately, the women's professional league that they fell back onto after the World Cup ended folded. That's a whole other story that we won't talk about. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they came back this summer and won the gold, and I think that's doing huge things for them. Um, and it's really great to see their past couple games, their friendlies on their victory tour, um, show up on ESPN uh, or just TV in general. We'll take anything we can get. So. Um, did you get a chance of the players in DC United's women's? Any of them were on the Olympic team? Um, yeah, actually, uh, defender Becky Sauerbrunn was actually on the Olympic team, played, I'm pretty sure she played in the gold medal match. I could be wrong. Um, but she definitely played minutes, and it was really cool to see her on the field, uh, considering it really cool moment. All right, and during their, I guess, after gold medal tour, one of the games they had was against Australia Wednesday night. Wednesday night, and it was a blowout. I turned it off at 5-2. What was the final score? You said it was 6-2? Yeah, the game ended 6-2. Uh, Six two. Why can our men's team do great that? Great game. I actually was getting worried because I think we were down one zero at the half. Um, but uh, they Australia has a few great players. Lisa Savannah uh, is. I don't even have words to describe her. She's so fast. She's probably the fastest in all of them. Maybe Marta. Maybe Marta is up there. But um. This is Ivana and Sarah Walsh actually just retired. She got a goal, so I was really happy about that. Um, I knew we were going to win, <laughs> um, but I wanted Sarah Walsh to get a goal because it was the last one. So that was cool. But great victory. 6 to 2. Who else would do that other than the US? <laughs> exactly. And uh, sort of a melancholy moment from that game. It was actually the last. Uh, national team game coached by Pia Sundich. Yes. Ends her career at 91-6-10. Amazing. <laughs> which, yeah, which some could say, just in any, any sports in general, is, is highly impressive. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, who, uh, who was the, the previous coach? Tony, Tony the Coup coach? Yeah, it was... Who was uh, basketball player? It was... Um, Tony Coup coach? <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking it about. It was... Uh, Maybe. He coached the... Uh, 99 World Cup team with yeah. Brandy Chastain and Mia mm-hmm. Hamm. So essentially, that was when women's soccer, I'm guessing, hit its peak. And when you had you brought in Pia and winning 91 games and only six only six losses, that's that's really impressive. And here is actually a soundbite we uh, got courtesy of USA Soccer uh, her post game after the six to two win.
And that was uh, player Alex Morgan as well as Coach Sunich on the Reflections of in Colorado. My brother actually interned there at the Rapids. Very nice facility. Well, there you go. And Sorry, I meant um, Ryan Ryan. Actually, that was in 2577, so you're actually correct. No need. Yes, he is a guy. And of course, uh, when you brought her into the mix, it was uh, a truly remarkable performance. And of course, <laughs> I actually said Paul Ryan, which is <laughs> yeah, so political. Um, okay, <laughs> Greg Ryan. I go to AU, so you understand. But um, what do you think the impact that she had? Uh, first, uh, I guess first question would be, what do you think the impact she's had on the game, especially how well the women's team has been doing with the World Cup run and the numerous Olympic golds that they won, the three straight gold medals. Yes. And so her legacy in those few games, it seems remarkable for the sport. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I think that the team, what I've seen in the past couple years is that they've grown to be, like, such a family. And it's more than ever, you know, at this point, which thinks that she's leaving because I feel like this Olympics, the team is just, like, so solid. And there was really, I mean, I don't know if there's any drama, but it didn't seem like there was any drama between anybody. Everybody was just, like, on the same. And the thing about Pia is that she has this, like, feel-good kind of free attitude, and I think that's really what excelled the team, um, you know, because she can be serious, and she's a great coach, but at the same time, she tells them, you know, I think one of the best quotes that I think all the players were tweeting at one point, she said, just do you, and I think that's something that's really important, that not only can the team be really serious and pull out some good wins, but also just be themselves and just have fun with it. That's something that the team's really gonna miss having her around. But definitely a great coach. Won a bunch of tournaments. I know they won. Um, they were in Portugal for the Algarve Cup. They won that a few years in a row, I'm pretty sure. And then, yeah, the three goals. And it's sad to see her go. I was not gonna lie. I was getting a little emotional. Oh, you did not. No, I didn't cry, but I was like, this was a sad moment. Like, look at them. They're all crying. <laughs> Don't worry, I, I did the exact same uh, when the men's basketball team won, knowing that Coach K will probably not coach the men's basketball team for the World Championships and the Olympics mm-hmm. in Rio. But where do you see women's soccer going now? Because a lot of these players sort of have reached uh, a good chunk of their playing careers. Abby Wambach, to name just one. I'm, I'm pretty sure the U.S. national team has a lot of young talent. Uh, yeah. Mayor Pony, Alex Morgan, and company. But now... you. Um, one of the key things about soccer, and the men's national team is a prime example of this, is anything could be affected by a good coach. So now, a uh, new coach has not been yet decided, yeah. but what do you see women's soccer going in the future? Well, I do know there's a new league that's trying to start up in 2013. Uh, originally, when I heard that news, I kind of just brushed it off because it's, we've had a few leagues, leagues that have folded, and it's, just, um, it's a struggle just because uh, a lot of people just don't want to invest whereas a lot of people just don't have that amount of money. It's so expensive to start up a league and women's team and all that stuff. And um, my, like, it would be really awesome. Uh, my goal is to do something like that. I just want to, like, help the game. And, like, I don't know, like, I'm just a college student, so I can't really do much right now. But, um, no, I mean, there's a new league starting up, and hopefully that goes through. Um, as far as uh, the players go, uh, Abby Wambach says she, will play the next World Cup if she's healthy enough, um, which is pretty awesome. Obviously, Alex Morgan will be around, and I read a stat the other day that she, right now, is doubling 
Mia Hamm's goal scoring piece at her age. So Goodness. almost doubling it, I think. So um, I think it's safe to say that she will be one of the best players in the world uh, in a few years. Uh, <laughs> immediately. Um, she's doing really well. And um, yeah, Megan Rapino, definitely a favorite for me. She's playing, she's definitely on top of her game. I think she's playing the best she's ever played. Um, she's definitely getting some goals in, which is great. Um, she's in midfield area and you didn't really see her scoring much before then. Um, we haven't seen people that retire. They're about so Heather O'Reilly's still on that team. Heather that O'Reilly, someone... she's been on the team since she was 17. When I was thumbing through, my brother and I, we would always watch soccer, but when we thumbed through the channels back in the USA days when they would play like Brianna Scurry was still the goalie for Hope Solo's time. She would be there, Heather Box. Shannon Box. Heather O'Reilly, Christy yeah. Rampone. This, those guys are who I grew yeah. up actually Christy Rampone, um, she's supposedly retiring. Uh, I do know Heather Miss is retiring for sure, uh, which is sad. Um, but, I mean, I definitely think um, the women's national team uh, is definitely have a future. It might be a little hard adjusting to a new coach. Don't know who the new coach is going to be. We have a few candidates, one of them being uh, Paul Riley, who's coaching. Uh, how many? How many? Because you said DC United women. How many women's teams are there? Well, DC United women was in a different. It wasn't professional. You said the Sounders have one, don't they? Yeah, they do. I'm pretty sure they're in the There's W and then WPSL. Personally, I think it's very. I don't even know. Um, but. Hopefully, they'll be able to just create one league. Um, so, all the experience and the expertise. I think that that's a great move. Um, so, we'll see where that goes. Hopefully, for the best. All right, we got a few calls on the line. Uh, we're talking currently soccer right now. What's up? You're tuned into Fanatic Radio. Hi. I. Who is this? Yeah, this is Matt. This is the one and only Sub Zero, Matt Kerman, on the line. How right. are you, man? Good. I was wondering um, how the injury of uh, men's soccer Ryan Morales was going to affect uh, the team this 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 upcoming weekend as they play uh, Colgate. I noticed he did not play in the West Virginia. Game. I'm a little upset about that because he's someone that you definitely need in the midfield. A uh, big, big game for those fans listening. Men's soccer goes out to try to retake the Patriot League championship. This is, I guess, third, not third time, fourth time is the charm in our saying. But I think it's tougher than this field. But I like to see the play of Charlie Hunter. I think he's a guy that can really add some muscle in the middle. And I hope you guys do the best, by the way. I want you to beat Colgate and everything that, that they stand for. I cannot stand that. Do you think you think Charlie's as big as a muscle as uh, Morales though in, in that midfield? He's a men's soccer uh, captain. That's true. Who who be your captain? He's, all, he, he's he's all Patriot League uh, captain, ranked number tenth in in, uh, in Patriot League this year. I know, according to top gross soccer. I noticed Cristo uh, and Al St. Kane was up there as well. Why aren't you up there on that ranking? What was that? Why aren't you up there on that ranking? Oh, uh, that, that's that's next year. That's next year for me. Are you guys, so are you guys, um, 
worried about going up to Colgate to start your Patriot League play, or is it just another game for you guys? No, it's just another game. Actually, we're uh, we're, we're probably gonna be looking past Colgate since we know it's gonna probably be an easy win. Um, we're, we're we're mostly worried about Navy this year. That is true. Yeah, they upset number twenty George Mason on Wednesday night. It seems like um, as Coach Todd West has mentioned Patriot League wars. Do you feel like that Saturday is gonna be another one of those? What was that? Do you feel like that Coach West always mentions Patriot League wars about every game you guys play in the PL? Right, right. Actually, was, uh, actually it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a battle in Colgate. I was just I was just really kidding. Uh, our whole mindset this year is to uh, take every game individually, and it, it's definitely gonna be a it's definitely gonna be a battle this this tomorrow in um, in Colgate. All right, and also. Uh, what are you guys' chances in the Patriot League? Do you feel like you guys will fare well? I want an undefeated season. Is there any way you guys can get that for us? Yeah, I, I, believe, I believe this is the year. You know, uh, we made it to the finals uh, three years in a row, and I, I feel like the fourth was definitely the time, you know, uh, we're trying to bring it home for all of our fans uh, back at AU. All right, so uh, he's Sub-Zero, Matt Kerman. Thank you so much for your call. Don't make thank sure you. to call back in next week. All right, great. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, just like that, we have another call on the line. You are tuned in to Fanatic Radio. What's up? What's on your mind? Hello, am I um, on the air? Yes, you are. Yeah, this is Eric Wilkins. How are you? The one and only Eric Wilkins. How are you? I heard you're in the D.C. area this weekend. Oh, God. I am I am in the D.C. radio, uh, D.C. area this weekend, uh, visiting a few friends, uh, one companion. Um, that's, that's, that's just the way how I roll. Just hey, you want to you on Sunday? You want to go instead of me to the ATV producers meeting? Yeah. I I can understand you, Benjamin. He wants to know. Yeah, he wants to, he wants to know if you uh, want to go to the producers meeting. In, in ATV. lieu in lieu of me. No, thank you. I'd rather avoid any contact with Seth uh, yeah. uh, Douglas Bell. Yeah. People usually don't want to hang out with El Dom in situations. I said, so yeah. what, what are you up to now, Wilkins? What's on your, what's on your mind? What sports what's questions do you have up in, uh, I guess, Jersey? Yeah, how is everything holding down up there? It's okay. You know, I, I frequently, uh, you know, compare my life right now to the film The Help. Um, every morning I wake up and I look at myself in the mirror and I say, you is kind, you is smart, and you is intelligent. And... Uh, Important, important. I forgot the third one, sorry. And I just say that to myself over and over again. That helps me uh, with my confidence and with uh, trying to find a job. Amen to that. Best of luck on you in that front. I appreciate that, Benjamin. And also, I have to mention, uh, sorry about your New York Jets the other day, (laughs) but are you a big, are you on the Tebow bandwagon of him and Mark Sanchez splitting quarterback time in New York? You know what, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Tebow. I really do like Tim Tebow as a person. You know, as a person, I think he's a role model for kids. Someday when I have my own children, um, I think, uh, you know, I, I really want uh, them to look up to Tim. I would buy his jersey for my kids. Um, you know, maybe if I have a few young ones, maybe just some bibs with Tim Tebow's uh, likeness on it. Maybe Eric, you're a, role mo- you're a role model for kids. I appreciate that, Benjamin. And I, uh, I want to do that. And then after... In all honesty, I like him as a person, but as a quarterback, not so much. I think Mark Sanchez has the tools. He's a better player than uh, than Tim Tebow, even though um, I like Tim Tebow's character much more than I like his game. 
All right, this is definitely a topic we'll get to later in the show, but I want to get your take on this because I feel like you're someone that can really interpret what the uh, – not the physical meaning, but the metaphysical meaning of this is. When the Giants played the, Buccane- or the Buccaneers, and Eli Manning went to go take the knee, and the Buccaneers pretty much opened the floodgates and bomb-rushed him during the victory knee. What are your thoughts on that? Are you mad at uh, Greg Schiano for inflicting that mindset in his team of playing the full 60 minutes, or are you on the giant side saying, hey, that's a cheap shot, you had no chance of winning this game at that point? Yeah, no, I think that's a cheap shot. You know, Schiano, uh, you know, he comes from Rutgers, comes with the jersey mentality, and, you know, that's all well and good, but, you know, that's a cheap shot. Um, you know, when you're a professional, um, when you're a professional football player like I am, I think it's important to remember that you play the game with integrity and you play the game with uh, with honesty. And you know, going after the players at the end of the game, we just we just as football players, we just don't take that. Um, I think that it's, I think it's rude and I think it's disrespectful to the game. Um, you know, so we we football players really have a tough time uh, looking at that as positive. Um, so you know, it's it is it is what it is. But you know, that's 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 the way the uh, the cookie crumbles, as they say in uh, Buffalo. All right, Eric Wilkins, he's a former Sports Zone anchor. Thank you once again for stopping by. Make sure to call back in next week. More of Ben Florence on the show. You're kicking me off the show right now. It's not personal, it's just business. <laughs> I understand. Okay, I'll give you a call next week and uh, maybe Eric, we can talk I, about I wouldn't give you off my show. All right, that'd be great, Benjamin. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for your call, Wilkins. Take care. All right, we've got the calls flying in here on Fanatic Radio, blogtalkradio.com, 646-595-3137. Like us on Facebook. Also go to bflood360.com for all the other shenanigans. Uh, ben Florence, Michael Gardner, special guest, Jackson Cassell. What is your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is twitter.com slash Jackie Cassell. I usually tweet about just National clinching, uh, clinching division this year. I'm very excited for it. B-Flow. We had actually had Tom Shedd. If you go to our, uh, our podcast on iTunes, you can listen to that interview with Washington Times reporter Tom Shedd, who covers wow. the Nationals. And no relation to Joe Shedd. I think it's But don't you think, it's, don't you think they're just all hype right now? They're just riding, you know, like the bad wagon, you know, they're just... I don't, I, don't, I don't think they're legit this year. What do you think? Well, Tom said they're a World Series team. I'm not buying that because when you shut down your great, your best pitcher on the team, I feel like you lose pretty much. All right, what kind of losers shut down their best pitcher? Yeah, no, there's no Steven Strasburg. I feel like he. But they they still. That's true. In their defense, they still have a very strong pitcher rotation. Joe Gonzalez has been great. Jordan Zimmerman's been very good all year. Edwin Jackson's been around the playoffs before. The lineup's right. pretty solid. So I w- I wouldn't count them out. I just. Personally, I think you give more credence to that. I think that Cincinnati and San Francisco are both just better clubs. I'm sorry, but what do you think about Jason Worthless? I mean, what's his name, Jason Worth or, or Worthless? What are your thoughts on Worthless? 
Well, Jason Wirth, they way overpaid him last year. Nobody's going to deny, deny that. And last year, he really was inconsistent. This year, he was hurt for a little bit. But he's come back. He's having a solid season, batting almost 300. And of late, they've been using him to uh, bat leadoff, which he's not your normal leadoff guy. But he has been doing right. a really good job getting on base and working as a table setter for the lineup. So I think he actually he's had a solid year. He hasn't had huge power numbers. Like right. he now how do you, how do you think how do you think these uh, Nats fans are, are feeling right now since since they're rooting for the for the awful Orioles and you know the Yankees have won the division how many years in a row? How do you how do you feel that the national fans are feeling right now? Do you think do you think people have switched over to Nationals or, or some are still still sticking with the with the sucky Orioles? Well, um, considering they're in two separate uh, leagues, it's good if both the Orioles and the Nationals mm. can make it because that way I'm pretty sure the city will blow up with so much excitement because Washington hasn't been to the postseason since the 30s, and then Baltimore has been pretty <coughs> much the armpit of that of the AL East. I'm personally excited. Coming from Texas, I know the Rangers are going to clean house and hopefully get back to the World Series. Well, what? you just said the Rangers are going to be be back to the World Series. I don't see why not. I mean, how could you say that? Who's your team, though? I'm a, I'm a big Yankees fan. Amen to that. Yeah, um, big shout. Yeah, big shout out to Derek Jeter the other night, uh, becoming the all-time hit leader in Yankees. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um. No, but I just don't think the Rangers have it have it in them, man. It's like it's like Cruz not catching that fly ball, and they don't they don't have it in them. They don't want it that bad. I feel like. Well, I mean, who knows? I'd love to see a Yankees Rangers ALCS, and uh, hopefully the Nationals can get there as well. Yeah, that would be that would be very nice for this area. Very true. But, uh, John, thank you once again for your call. And make sure to call us again next week, same time. Oh, th- thanks for having me on. Once again, Fanatic Radio, blogtalkradio.com. Good segue. We can go to baseball. Uh, of course. Your thoughts on Derek Jeter passing Lou Gehrig as the all-time hit leader in Yankees history? Well, he passed him, like, a couple of years ago, didn't he? I think it was, like, hit. It was, like, last like, Oh, yeah, hit, yeah. Like, two days ago. No, he definitely was the biggest hitter, and then he was three. Got three thousand last year. Oh right. So he got some. He has something like he's hit two hundred hits. It's not. He's been. I mean, hey, I wouldn't say he's the best player in uh, Yankees history, but Derek Jeter's been just mainstay. He's having an awesome season this year. He's been the new captain, first captain in almost thirty years after the death of Thurman Munson, and I really think he could. The team's been inconsistent this year, but the offense is still good. He's still uh, our our leader on the club that hopefully could lead us to the World Series. I'm not I'm, with how inconsistent the team's been. I, I don't think we're going to make a series run. I think that of the the team to beat is still Texas. Get there for a third straight year, but you know you never know. Yeah, I like that. People are donning the uh, Yankees cap today. That's true. Old school special edition. I see the uh, the old Yankees stadium emblem yeah, on the side. Yeah, this was the one of the last games at the old Yankee stadium we went. It was I forget who they were playing. Yeah, so we went. It was great. The old stadium. All right. Uh, take a look at the baseball stadiums. Our caller did mention the Nationals clinch, which I think is a great day in Washington, a city that has so much 
Pipe with the Robert Griffin, the Trailins of the Capitals, who did well last year. Uh, that's another story for next week. Erin Vale will be joining us on the show, giving her hockey. Oh, really? We well got that. Jack oh, that's be wild. And but also the Cincinnati Reds, ninety-one wins. So both teams, ninety-one and fifty-nine. Are you surprised at how well those two teams, of all teams, have clinched the playoff berth? Uh, Washington. I thought they'd be decent. I thought next year was the year they'd be a real contender for the. Division. Cincinnati, I'm not surprised. I actually, coming into the season, predicted the Reds to make the World Series and win the National League. Did you really? I did. You can very look cool. it up in the archives, bevo360.com, you little plug-in. And Looking a plug, are you kidding? Oh, yeah, of course. And so I really like this Cincinnati Reds team. They're a veteran club. They've been through before. They've got real good offense, really good pitching this year. And... But a team you also have to watch out is San Francisco. They're going to clinch shortly. They've got awesome starting pitching, as always. And the hitting's been a little bit better as well. That's a team I'm very surprised with. Because, like, the freak, he had, what, five-point-something ERA at the beginning of the yeah. season. Everyone's like, oh, two-time Cy Young. He's washed up now. Absolutely not. I think he's done very well. But who's been your surprise player this year in the league? I know Sports Zone was a huge debate of uh, Mike Tout or, Mil- or Miguel Cabrera. Mike Trout. Trout. Um, my age, actually. Uh, yeah, uh, from, uh, from the club. Yeah, so I've been surprised with Night Trelly. Everyone knew he was going to be really good, but I don't think anybody knew he'd have an unbelievable season like he's having this year so quickly. And I guess you could say Bryce Harper for that matter as yeah, well. Yeah, but Bryce Harper's been pretty good, but he hasn't been amazing. Mike Trout, his numbers are incredible. And it's his first full season, so it's, I mean, uh, like I say, people knew he was good. Nobody knew he'd be this good this but I felt that was a little surprising. Exactly. But for now, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk some college basketball. As in my hood for the state of Texas, big shakeups in the Big 12 coaching-wise. And why the Nets owner has off to a crazy shenanigan, Russian shenanigans again. But stay, stay tuned in. You're listening to Fanatic Radio on blogtalkradio.com.
Back here on Fanatic Radio, blogtalkradio.com, I will Gardner Ben Florence, special guest Jacqueline Cassell, intern at DC United Women's, and a avid, diehard fanatic of the U.S. women's soccer team. What, what, is, this, what is this music? Submitted by a fan from D-Life Entertainment staff. Shout out to them. Uh, they actually emailed a message us on the Facebook page. Wow. Sending music. So we love getting feedback from the fans. That's true. Go like the page on Facebook, facebook.com slash fanatic radio. Follow my beefalo myself on Twitter at beefalo360 and at fanatic radio nz. And Jackie Cast One. Jackie Cast One. J A C K I E C A S number one on Twitter. And the call is continuing to flow in here on Fanatic Radio. What's up? You are tuned into Fanatic Radio. Hello. How are you today, sir? Uh, it's, it's Steve uh, from uh, AU Men's Swimming. How are you today, Steve? Hello. Hi. You're talking a lot about soccer and I hear women and women's soccer. I want to know how, how we can do this year. How the women's team is doing this year for AU soccer? Well, okay. they. Are coming off a win and a tie and entering Patriot League play, where they have pretty much nothing to lose. They are clear underdogs. I hope the best for them. Before you actually went out to see their their one of their wins this year, didn't you? Yeah, I saw them last Friday night uh, against uh, Howard. It was a real rough and tumble, physical game. Kind of surprising. It was a lot of shoving going on, a lot of physicality. Now what I like at my well, I'd like for us to make the final four. Uh, if, they, if they can pick up the easy wins against like Lehigh and Lafayette, the schools that no one really cares about, because Navy I think is nine and one. They uh, they pretty much have that league on lock. I could see them pulling off an upset. You know, miracles never happen. Not as high scoring and flashy as the men's team who we love to watch. Oh yeah. Love to what see you guys. What love team you love to watch? Men's team. They put up like six goals a game. The world, right, the world. right. Um, people, you love that. Yeah. But in swimming, we don't score goals. I know. Uh, got the alumni meeting coming up soon. They don't have to score goals. You have to just be faster than the other person to win. Ain't that right? right? You're Very true. Be faster than that's everyone this year. That's, that's, that's the question. I'm not talking about goals now. And what are you talking about? I'm talking about if you think we're be, if we're gonna win if we're faster. Because all I hear all I hear is is, is about soccer talk right now. And I and I, I also on the swimming team. You know we're 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 we don't we don't get any uh, publicity. The swimming gets some love. Uh, we have some impressive swingers, Ming Ong and uh, Bobby Bowen. No, I feel like, I feel like we go to AU and um, and you know if if President Clinton comes onto campus, everyone goes, oh ah, and I have a swimming, and no one comes, no one comes to watch. We got swimming. Our alumni meet is coming up soon. Free pizza and Robex for everyone that yeah. shows up. Right, I'd love to right. see that because if everyone's still in the whole Olympic spirit. You know, I'd like to see someone break a few school records and uh, do the unthinkable. Yeah, very cool. Because um, for because when we are uh, when robots are giving out, I'm giving out autographs too after the meet. All right, you heard it here first on Fanatic Radio, Steve. Thank you once again for your thank call. You. Have a great day. <laughs> you too. 
So we have uh, reached the uh, overtime part of Fanatic Radio, and this is where we can get down to the needy-greedy. Uh, B-Flow, you've been following a little bit of the Billy Gillespie thing. Long story short, the co- Texas Tech basketball, men's basketball coach retired today. And I have to say from pretty uneasy circumstances of yeah. what has happened to him over the past few years. He's been yeah. following a lot more than I have. What's up? Yeah, well, what happened was there were charges that he had been really when he's practicing playing, really overworking them, making players that were injured practice and like basically mocking them, almost being like a bully. I haven't really followed it closely as you, you think I have, <laughs> but it's basically that there was some controversy when he was at Kentucky and now he's resigned. There was a lot of pressure that he was resigned, even though he's had medical problems of late. He's been in the hospital, but yeah, it's really his career. I'd be surprised if. He got another job again. I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a pretty good coach. He did really good stuff at Texas A&M, but stuff like this maltreatment of players is just flat out unacceptable. It's funny. No Texas, Texas Tech, in we definitely have to talk next week. Hopefully, we can get some peeps from Tech on the show mm. to talk about this. This that school is athletics wise. You have the whole Mike Leach situation with Craig James, his son, and now you have this. And of course, Gillespie didn't really do much. Uh, I was thinking they're eight and twenty-three in their first season. Uh, after the after Pat and I left, jeez. Uh, but yeah, they have Gillespie's health, and then the whole uh, it's sort of like a mutiny in a way. They wanted to kick this guy out. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, that is crazy. Of course, that's how uh, Texas Tech rolls for basketball. Not saying that's bad. Not trashing on the. Yeah, school. don't hate. Don't hate on. We don't hate on this I show. I got friends in Lubbock. Good old Lubbock. <laughs> I've never been there though. I I have not. That's on my bucket list. Uh, it's not on mine. But uh, we'll stick with basketball. We'll go to the pro. Mikhail Progokov. Did I say that right, Beefle? You're the Prokhorov. Brooklyn. Prokhorov. You're the Brooklyn Nets fan. I am a Brooklyn Nets fan. He announced, he announced today that the team is going. The goal is to win a championship, and he thinks it is in three years. And I'm talking the next three years. Is this guy smart or an absolute moron? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's crazy. We're definitely a playoff team. We're probably like maybe a top four or five playoff team. They the East is not that bad. The addition of Joe Johnson and what our roster looks like. It looks like a good playoff team, but we don't have a lot of flexibility going forward. I don't know if we're going to be close to a title team. But then again, what's interesting in the East is that you get the Heat, and you really get everyone else. The Celtics are getting old, and they're going to have to remake their roster shortly. The Knicks are always kind of going to be in the mix. They're Put the prima donnas on that team. Yeah, now. oh yeah. But and Brooklyn will be up there as well. So. Although Melo Melo's whole yeah. Slam magazine that he has finally got this uh Mario Stoudemire Carmelo thing figured out. And Mike Woodson's now first year of a coach that's after true. the interim. But I'm not totally sold on the Knicks team. You hate the Knicks, don't you? That's, from, well that's not it. Well, look this team is so poorly built. Cause they, all right, we're gonna throw stars together, we don't care how this team looks. When you, in my opinion, you gotta get rid of Amari. Because he does not play well with Chandler because they're both pick-and-roll guys. That doesn't really work. And he doesn't work with Carmelo either because they're, both A, both ball stoppers. And offensively, it's just a, a jumbled mess. You get rid of Amari, get like a, a like an, I don't know, even an average power forward in there, that team's a lot better. And just the defense on the perimeter is, well, they do have Shumpert, and he was really good last year. But the Carmelo Amari forward combination is atrocious defensively. Yeah, because I think the Knicks don't, as of now, don't have a really suitable point guard. Yeah. Well, they got Ray Felton, and Ray Felton 
He's been he's been injury player. prone. Yeah, and he had a gr- he was great when he was playing for Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni's a great point guard coach. How is he going to do with, with Mike Woodson now? Then they brought in Jason Kidd, who's over the hill. I literally. And, but he was a jerk for leaving Dallas. I've yeah, never expected. And him then he got a great DUI now in, uh, out in the Hamptons. So there's always that. But yeah, he's very excited. Also, your Brooklyn Nets revealed the uh, new one billion dollar Barclays Center. Is it's a billion dollars? It's the it's ceremony opening of Goodness. the billion-dollar Barclays Center in downtown Brooklyn. What is one of the big games that you are excited to see played in that stadium? But it's definitely going to be when we're playing the Knicks. You know, it's going to be a real – we've always kind of had a real rivalry with the Knicks, but it's never been anything serious. And Especially in the – was it the Izod Center? It was the Izod Center that we were playing in Brooklyn, which is an awesome arena. I love the Prudential Center. But now it's good. they're going to be – Crosstown rivals, and they're both going to be top four or five teams in the East. So I think when we play the Knicks, I don't know the dates, but when we play them, it'll be great. All right, so I'd love to, love to see that. Rivalries in, in professional sports, oh, you know, some some take it, you know, seriously with the whole Red Sox, Yankees. Mm. Oh, yeah. Slip in my mind of any others, um, especially on the West Coast. I guess the Raiders, Broncos, back in the John Elway days. Uh, shout out to Steve Gardner because he's a big fan of that rivalry. Shout out to Steve Rosenberg. Yes, our Phillies fan. Does the Phillies they have? Do they really have a rivalry with someone? Who? Phillies. Phillies got rivalries with Atlanta, the Mets. But now you have an inner city rivalry. You have yeah. Madison Square Garden, the house that Hope built, and Brooklyn Nets with Joe Johnson. I'm very excited for it. A little upset they didn't land Dwight Howard, but needless to say, I'm looking forward. This Russian guy is oodles of rubles and a man with a Ooh, plan. And our final news story of the day before we send you off, apart from watching the NASCAR race, the B-Flow and I have high hopes that yeah. Jeff Gordon said miracles can happen and so miracles will. I, I'm, not, I'm not so sold. But <laughs> Manny Pacquiao, who fights Juan Manuel Marquez for the fourth time December 8th, we'll have our Fnatic Radio boxing preview when that comes, told ESPN's first take today that he'd be willing to give in to Floyd Mayweather's demand of a 55-45% split of the revenues for what could be the richest fight in history. B-Floyd's fighting Mayweather next year, isn't he? I, I still don't think so. I think these guys, everyone wants in the fight. I'm not a huge boxing fan, but even I would like to see that. I mean, I obviously wouldn't pay for it. I'm way too cheap for it. But yeah, We're on budgets here. That's very true. So... I really, I'd be surprised if it happened because both sides, whenever they think they're going to get close, there's some kind of crap going on. I honestly really don't think they want to fight each other. I think they still want to fight these good but not great guys because I think that in the world of boxing, I think both guys don't realize how much money they're going to make. And they're like, and Mayweather's like, oh, I don't want it to be 50-50. It's just, it's, it's crap that they come up with all these stupid reasons to fight. Everyone wants to see him fight, but I don't. Yeah, the fourth time future, but I love to. It's like beta fish, though. And and say with me when I'm on this analogy. But you know when you put beta fish together, they go at each other, and you know ultimately the sad thing is in the animal world, they kill each other. That's kind of like me and uh, Chris Eldon. Exactly. This is exactly like beta fish, because you have two fish, two great boxers, with Pacquiao and Mayweather. But then, you know, they've kept going at scuffles at each other, the debates of the money split of the revenue and everything, and mm-hmm. then Mayweather fights as a Cotto. Uh, yeah, it was Miguel Cotto. 
Then he, oh, yeah, I believe it's Cotto. Miguel Cotto, and then uh, Pacquiao actually lost to Anthony Bradley? Uh, I thought it was Tim Bradley. Timothy Bradley. Timothy Bradley. So they go all their separate ways, and they come back again, and by this time, you know, it, there's just a pile yeah. of scales at the bottom of a fishbowl. I do think that uh, Good Pacquiao... Uh, I actually get that now, by the way. But I think Pacquiao is more inclined to fight Mayweather now than after he lost that nonsense ruling against Bradley, which everyone knew he had the better fight. It really wasn't that close. But somehow he lost because it was probably Bob Aaron doing the usual brassy scumbag. But I really think he now wants to fight because he now got something to prove. But I just don't see it on Mayweather's end because Mayweather, he just pulls his crap all the time. You'll continue to fight these other guys, and it's just a mess. Quite frankly, yeah. Of course. And now to end the show with our award-winning critically acclaimed segment is well, we have a few quick tweets because we have a, a short turnaround. But um, one of the ones I'm noticing is is after you pull up sixty, basically look at my boy then find out what is going on. It's Kind of pull up. This one that I saw the other day. Actually, it was today. People, what's the thing you're talking about? Uh, cut Gary Bettman a little slack. I did a blog post today. Because everyone's like looking at Gary Bettman as you know, he's the main reason why this lockout. And I'm like, you know what? I'm certainly no Gary Bettman fan. Well, let's cut him a little slack. Let's be fair here. And I feel like people. I don't want to name names, Aaron Dale, but just make Gary Bettman out to be the devil, and I just feel it's not fair. All right, and the last one, you're not a fan of the new iPhone 5, are you? Uh, Well, not that. It's just that I don't because, like I say, I'm very cheap, and I don't see the reasons why people, they have iPhone 4, 4S, or whatever it is, and they buy a new phone, buy a completely new phone, after having the, this phone for what a year? I feel like you're reading my tweet. All I did all afternoon was rag on the iPhone five. Like I don't. I considered buying it for like five minutes until my roommate was like, "You're gonna spend dollars." Six hundred dollars on a cell from, phone from the carrier. She's buying through the carrier. Uh, this is so, AT and T with a monopoly. Sprint with a monopoly. Anyway, still, so you're still gonna pay like three hundred bucks for a phone. I have, I have the four S. Yeah. Is, the five is the same exact thing. I heard all the, I heard the operating system is horrible. The cameras are better. What you do is great. Congrats. But like, yeah. And how long have you had the 4S? It's been, what, a year? Yeah. A couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. Well, about so, a year. So if, if it's been a year and you're already buying a new phone, people just pull the same crap with cars. They get buy a car, then they buy a new one like a couple of years. Like, you got to use these products until they completely fall apart, which cell phones do because these companies know they have to make money. Yeah. Well, I was expecting the iPhone 5 to be something substantial. Uh-huh. Really, the only thing better is the camera. And the screen's a little bigger, but why do you need a bigger screen when I just get an iPad? I agree. Get an iPad. Consumer advice from Fanatic Radio. You here to hear first. That is all the time we have for today.